Hello and welcome to Peoria Unified's Progress Report. Today we are talking about facilities and what it means to run them. The Peoria Unified School District operates 42 school sites and five support facilities, all which directly support student learning and achievement. As we continue to work and reimagine the most effective operations of the school district, we also consider how the district can make the best use of facilities to support all facets of the reimagined strategic plan. This includes being good stewards of our resources, increasing community connectedness, having a robust teaching and learning program, and ensuring our campuses are the safest places for students to receive an education. Later in the episode, I will be joined by our Chief Technology and Operations Officer, Mr. Kevin Molino, to discuss our facilities program. But first, I would like to introduce you to the Principal of Santa Fe Elementary School, Mr. John Nitschke. Mr. Nitschke has plenty of experience running a campus, and I'm so excited to talk to him and learn a little bit more about what that looks like as a principal. Hello and welcome, Mr. Nitschke. We are so excited to have you here to talk a little bit about facilities and what it means to be a principal. To start, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at Santa Fe Elementary School? Sure, thanks for having me, Sarah. Um, this is my 26th year in the district. Uh, I was actually a start off a PE teacher. The first year Cheyenne Elementary opened up in 96. I've been an administrator for the past uh, 15 years, and I'm currently, as you said, the principal at um, Santa Fe. Um, Santa Fe, um, just to, some background on the school itself, was built in around 93, I believe, it, and it correlates to the, the Suns run back then for the NBA Finals against Michael Jordan and the Bulls. So our, our logo is the Suns and our, our athletic uniforms, the colors are purple and orange. So. Um, and the last thing is, you know, we're kind of a mid to large size school, about 750 to 800 kids given, you know, a particular year. And, and uh, we have in 2008, we started a Spanish immersion program there um, that draws students from, you know, all over the district and, and outside of the district. Yeah. And I can imagine as a former PE teacher, it must be pretty exciting now that the sons are doing well. And that's your school's mascot that you guys kind of have that as a point of pride. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. We got a little excited last year, a little disappointed, but we were excited for them to make the finals again. So they're looking good again. So yeah, we're, we're fingers are crossed. Yes, our fingers are definitely crossed. Um, well, to uh, just kind of start off in a more basic way, I know one of your main things you focus on is student achievement every day, um, but I was hoping you could share a little bit about what goes into supporting and maintaining your school's facility. I know it's a, almost 30 years old, and so what does it look like to manage the operations of your school on a daily basis? Yeah, that, that's a great question. Um, and, you know, and I... I, I think we, you can even equate it to if you're listening, you know, on wherever you are um, to like, you know, a house, you know, where, where you live, like any building, like you said, it's about 20, 29, 29 years old, Santa Fe, and um, you get wear and tear from the environment and you get wear and tear from, you know, the actual usage. So I, like anything um, in education or anything in a managerial kind of position, uh, for me, it's about a cycle of, you know, I guess, communication and being proactive. Um, for instance, at Santa Fe, you know, we hold Monday morning meetings. And one of those meetings involve uh, myself, my assistant principal, the lead maintenance and secretary. And we, we specifically talk about the building itself. Um, from those conversation, 
you know, we can talk about anything from like landscaping to security to cleaning to plumbing, electrical, you name it. Um, and a lot of it stems from also, you know, our, our eyes and ears on the ground, which are, which are our teachers and they submit work orders and we look at those and we talk about it. And from there, the, the conversation gets more organic. Um, hey, what, what can we handle on site? Um, what do we need money? Um, that's where the secretary kind of comes into play. You know, do we have to write a PO? Do we, do we need a tool? Um, and, you know, and from there, um, we kind of work all that out, you know, and I think the last kind of, I keep talking about communication, the last part of that whole Monday morning uh, facility meeting dives into, you know, do we need district support? And, you know, we're very lucky um, in this school district to have such an awesome, uh, you know, facility facilities administration where, if we feel a project is beyond our scope or if we need help, they're, they're there at a moment's notice. We call them. Our uh, site lead supervisor is constantly checking in on us. So, um, so yeah, so I think, you know, running, running a school and, and maintaining the facilities is a lot, again, a lot, a lot like a house. You got to be proactive. You got to have that communication and you got to, and it's, it's a team, you know, it's a team effort. Speaking of uh, your school being kind of like a house and just having some of these big projects that come up, having to look at the budget and things like that. I know that Santa Fe has been very fortunate over the last years um, to have some big projects on their campus that was paid for by bond monies that are voter approved. Can you share what some of those bigger projects are and how they um, they help your students on a daily basis and they impact them? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, you know, I, again, this is my fifth year there at Santa Fe. And the first year I was there, they were actually um, completing, putting on a roof. Um, and which is, you know, again, it's a huge undertaking. And then the second thing that we've had um, recently, a, a, a major um, kind of helping is HVAC system put in over the summer. And to kind of answer your question about um, you know, how it really impacts students. Um, I, I think we'll go back to the house uh, correlation we were making earlier where, you know, if you're, if, if you're in your house, you need a good roof over your head. You need a climate that you're comfortable in, whether it be, you know, um, the right temperature or hot or cold. You can't have a hot or cold in there because it, your mind's wandering elsewhere. So in, in a weird kind of, um, again, go back to the correlation. If the building isn't set up, um, in a way that's conducive to learning, then the kids are in their classrooms and, and they're not they're not focused on what they need to be focused on. And neither is the staff. So again, the, the facility itself, if we didn't have a new roof put in, if we didn't have the HVAC system looked at, then the environment in our classroom is not conducive to what the kids need to be doing because we're worried about how they're, you know, the basic needs aren't being met, I guess is a better way to put it. They're either too hot or they're too cold or something's leaking on them type of thing. So it's very important that, you know, not only does these improvements to prolong the life of the school, but ensures that the environment inside, it allows for the important work to get done. And that's the, the student learning and achievement. Definitely. And I think too, the fact that you're able to be proactive with some of those things makes it so there's never a pause to student learning so that these big projects can go on in summer. And for the most part, students and staff aren't really impacted by them. I know 
what, almost a decade ago when I was at Cheyenne, our air conditioning just went out one day. And so then we suddenly had to figure out how we were going to go do school still. And we went and we were in the gym at Peoria High School because luckily they had air conditioning. But it's just one of those things that when you're able to be proactive, you don't have to pivot in that way. And it just makes it such a somewhat easy process, even though there is so much work that goes on in the background. Now you make an excellent point because again, kind of going back to the Monday meetings, it's on a smaller scale, but if you don't address things, you got to address things before, before they break or, or again, you're, you're ending up in a situation like you're saying, where it's going to disrupt the learning environment. So it's important that um, again, we have this cyclical process of, of, of checking on, you know, what school's next for whatever project. And it's, it's so important because again, it keeps everything just flowing, you know, and, and if I'm sure when that day when you're in Cheyenne, that impacted the learning of that day, you can't learn after that, you know, so great point. Definitely. And I, I know something too, that is just so important and such a big part of our refreshed strategic plan is that our schools are safe for all of our students, which includes things like having a steady roof over their head or um, having air conditioning, but they're also welcoming to our students. Can you share some of the ways that you make sure Santa Fe is a welcoming school to students? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Kind of going back to uh, another, just to to kind of piggyback up on that, another um, improvement we made while I was there is we had fencing put around the perimeter of the building, obviously um, for safety, um, but also was done, you know, we had a lot of meetings at the school about making sure that when we did put fences up that it was still welcoming to the community and to the students because, you know, kindergarten through eighth grade, we wanted, we wanted an atmosphere where, Hey, I want to go to school. It's fun. It's fun to go to school. Um, and with that said, you know, a lot of that aesthetically look, the aesthetically pleasing things of a school, you know, has to be taken into consideration. So having the grounds, um, starting with the grounds, um, being upkept and, and again, bushes, shrubs, greenery, that type of thing where, where people are walking in it, uh, you know, I, I don't know about anybody else listening, but I love to see that kind of green grass to come in. It just feels like, all right, I want to be in this place. It starts when kids and patrons go through the school, uh, into the office. And right there, we have our, our welcoming wagon there and, and, you know, you know, a smile on their face and Hey, welcome to the school and, and let's go in. So, uh, I'm not sure if that's kind of who we're after, but it does stem from, again, it stems from the physical part of the school. And then it, it, it lends itself into, all right, what people are starting that journey through our school. And it starts with our front office. Definitely. And it's kind of that idea. And I know it's a word a lot of people are hearing right now, but it's that infrastructure. And so the infrastructure of your school from that first moment when someone is there and just knowing that there are all the systems in place to make sure someone's experience is um, one that is met with ease, one where, like you said, their students are excited to come to school. Our parents of kindergartners feel safe letting their children go to that school for the very first time. And it's all of those things, again, that you do behind the scenes to make sure that everyone on your campus who is a community member, a parent, a student, a staff member feels safe, they feel welcomed, and they feel like they are able to accomplish what they need to in that day. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, And I know that Uh, You just are doing so much on your campus. If there 
Is there any um, projects coming up soon for your school that you are either excited to share or that you're just starting to wrap up? Uh, you know, as far as, again, major projects, um, not really. Again, I think, um, and you kind of fall into this trap of, of, again, the proactiveness. And what I mean by that is some of these smaller things that we're always constantly working on is, again, the safety around the school. And it's small stuff, but it's stuff that you have to constantly, again, go back to communication and being proactive. For instance, I, I mean, hey, there's, there's broken curb right now out by our dismissal pickup line. Um, we've contacted our, you know, the facility uh, administration and they're getting guys out here during the break to fix the, the concrete curb because it's a tripping hazard. There's, for instance, there's roots that are coming up out of the ground due to whether, uh, it, you know, poor drainage, whatever it is, but tripping hazards around where kids are standing or, you know, they're, they're playing around. We got that recently removed. Um, it's constantly things like that, um, that again, working in conjunction with the district that we're always we're always attuned for. We recently just got, um, this is about three months ago, but we have solar panels and the columns are actually, for some of the solar panels are in our uh, kindergarten, kindergarten playground, right? And we've had pad there's, pads there since the inception of the solar panel. I'm not sure how long that is, but, and we just recently district purchased us some new pads to ensure that they're fluffy and if a kid, you know, does trip, he's going to be okay type of thing. So we're constantly going round and round with that kind of thing to make sure that just, it's just a, a, the safest possible environment we possibly could have. Definitely. And I think too, again, you bring up a really great point. It's when you're doing that continual work and that continual check-in, it makes it so you don't need to have these super big projects because you've been slowly taking care of them over time and making sure they never get to a condition where they need to just be completely overhauled. And so it's kind of that long-term dedication that happens every day. And I think for a lot of campuses, it happens without a lot of people noticing, but they make just such an incredible impact on that school. Oh, yeah. And it's got to be, I, I mean, I, I'd imagine it's got to be like cost effective too. I mean, that whole, you know, ounce of prevention is whatever, mm -hmm. worth a pound of cure, whatever that Franklin uh, quote was. But like you're saying, if we're doing it, if we're doing it proactively in small steps, it's just, it's, it's, it's so much better down the road, you know? Definitely. Well, and thank you so much, John, for taking a little bit of your afternoon to share with us some of the things you do to just keep Santa Fe a, such an amazing campus that, as you mentioned at the very beginning, people from outside of the district want to come to because of the stellar education students receive and just because the campus is so safe and welcoming. Before I let you go, is there anything else you want to share with our community, either about what it takes to run a school or your role as a principal over at Santa Fe? Uh, well, I, you know, I, again, I, I feel like I'm, I'm uh, I keep repeating myself, but it, it takes a village. And I know that 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 phrase gets used quite a bit with anything you're doing, but um, to run a school, it, it, it really is a partnership. And again, I've mentioned already a few times how the district works with schools and how, but our community is, is just so integral to making our school run 100%, uh, you know, with efficiency um, towards maximum achievement. If we don't have the support of our parents and um, our community, which we do, and I love our community, it, it makes my job so much more fun. I'm not saying easier, but it's just, 
it's again, it's so much conducive to the learning and that's what we're all about. And, and not only to the learning, but again, we want kids to go to our school. I don't want any kid coming to our school, any student coming to our school with butterflies in their stomach, being nervous or whatever. I want it to be an environment where, yes, I get to come to Santa Fe. I get to come to my classroom. I get to have reset, whatever it may be. So, um, I don't know. I kind of lost the, the just question, but yeah, that partnership with our community is huge. Definitely. And I know um, that community engagement and partnership, it does, it makes such a big difference for all of our campuses. Um, and it really does make it feel like your school is, which it is, it's a big integral part of the community. And so when you have that connection, it just makes it so much better. Well, thank you again for joining us. And um, I really appreciate you taking the time to answer some of our questions and share with our community a little bit about what goes into running a school every day. Thank you, Sarah. Again, it was my pleasure. It was fun. Thank you. One of the main goals of our reimagined strategic plans includes transforming Peoria Unified into a district that is prepared to meet the, the post-pandemic challenges. While we are still feeling the impact of the pandemic, it is critical that we look ahead. The new facilities master planning program is aligned with the reimagined teaching and learning program, as well as all areas of the strategic plan, like I mentioned earlier. This includes continuing the work done by the Facilities Master Planning Committee, which you can learn more about at peoriaunified.org slash governing board. The Master Planning Committee was a superintendent committee formed to develop candidates for repurposing school facilities and maintain our current facilities to ensure Peoria meets the needs of all students. I am joined now by Mr. Molino to learn a little bit more about this program. Hello and welcome, Mr. Molino. We are so excited to have you here on Trending Peoria today to talk a little bit about facilities master planning, which there are so many aspects to. And I know you have just recently rejoined Peoria Unified after John Gay retired. How are you feeling in your new role here in Peoria? How have the first few months been for you? Well, thank you, Sarah, for having me on your short today. Um, being back at Peoria is like being at home. It's being around family and it, it's a good feeling to being back. Yeah, definitely. I know being in Peoria all of my life, it has been just such a pleasure. Um, and it is, it's that feeling of coming home for a lot of people. So we are so excited to have you back. And in your role as our chief technology and operations officer, you oversee what feels like everything in our school district. And I know you probably feel that at some times. How does your role as our chief technology and operations officer intersect with the work of our facilities and master planning committee? Well, the way I understand it, the role of chief technology and operations officer was a merger of Mr. Gay's chief technology officer and Mr. Duguid's chief operations officer, and both were combined into one. These positions had existed in that manner over probably the last four years, I believe. Most of the work for the facilities master plan committee was done by Mr. Duguid, Mr. Gay, along with Ms. Myers and Mr. Moss. They were the driving forces for all the work the facilities master planning committee performed. Through their leadership and work in facilitating the committee, they were able to form the facility master plan program. 
And this work along with the analysis of the facility utilization study have given us the data needed to make the data-driven decisions. This information has been critical in setting the project priorities. We have a limited amount of budget left over from our 2012 bond, and we need to ensure that we use this finite budget amount to address as many of our critical needs projects as possible and prioritizing those so that we can address the ones that affect instruction and safety the most. Definitely, and I know you hit on some of those goals of the facilities master planning committee with making sure our schools are safe and making sure that we use our community's resources that they provide us in the best way possible. Where are we currently with this work? I know a lot of it started before you joined us and you are kind of diving in head first. Are, are we in a place where we're making decisions or are we still just in this kind of planning and figuring out and looking at data mode? We're at all three. Um, it's a constant adapting to it. Um, the goal of this past work is to help guide us with a roadmap of the critical needs project. And having this information gives us the data and resources to be able to budget and make decisions based on our highest needs. Through the development and approval of the district strategic plan by the governing board, I believe it was in October, we are aligning all the work put into the facility master plan the utilization study and the strategic plan into one roadmap and the goals for the next five or 10 years. And then we're leveraging the SR3 funding and that three to five year plan in SR3 to try to address as many of those as possible. So if for some, we're making decisions already. For others, we're preparing the projects once we have the full funding. And in others, we're still trying to prioritize which is the highest need. Yeah, and when you talk about those critical needs, I know um, in the past we as a school district have gone out for critical needs bonds, but what is a critical need? What I feel like for a lot of communities, anything for their school feels like it's critical, but how do you guys determine what those critical needs are? You know, for us, the critical needs are things that we need to have kids in school safely and a learning and process that's conducive for them to actually be able to learn and decrease that learning gap. Um, so things like air conditioning and cooling, um, the, that's probably the biggest one that we are trying to prioritize. Things like carpeting, we're, we're trying to set aside. Um, it's more cosmetic and it goes more towards um, a safe and welcoming school, you know, having a, an environment that looks nice, but for critical needs, it's roofing projects, air conditioning, heating, those kind of things that, or things that affect the safety of the students and staff when they're on the site. Those are the critical needs. Definitely. And I know, especially in Arizona right now, it may not feel like the air conditioning is the most critical, but come like March, April, May, if that goes out even mid-semester, that is something that needs to be addressed rapidly in order for students to continue their learning. Um, and then I know you also talked about safety needs, and I know a lot of the work that is being done, especially in our front offices, most obviously, is an effort to make our schools as safe as possible. Can you share a little bit about the idea of what's going in to design those. I know sometimes when you walk into a campus, it doesn't feel 
maybe as friendly as it used to, but there is just such a need for it. Can you explain some of that thought process? Yes, um, we believe that when facilities are healthy, safe, or, and fit for an educational environment, students and staff perform better. Since 2018, the district has implemented various site safety and emergency response programs and our schools are safer as a result. The life cycle of safe and welcoming schools does not end. It's always an ongoing project. And we have to constantly adjust our processes and reevaluate our needs and continue to collaborate with peers and other agencies regarding these best practices. There is one part of this question that does not cost us much or anything to implement or even do better. That is the customer service side of welcoming schools. Our goal is not only to provide a quality education that prepares every student every day prepared to shape tomorrow, but to also have welcoming schools. We expect all staff to provide quality customer service to all of our stakeholders and just little things, um, small things like making eye contact with students and parents, our attitude and the level of friendliness go a long way in strengthening our relationship with our parents and community members. And that's one thing that we're really trying to, or will be addressing in the strategic plan is making sure that all staff at the front office and anywhere in the district that engages with parents, that how we treat each other and how we treat parents and students is in a friendly and customer service oriented way. And so that we can build that relationship with them. Definitely. I couldn't agree with you more. I know. Um, I mean, thinking back to 2018, like I said, when we started to redesign the way our front offices work and put up some of that plexiglass, a big concern is that feeling of, oh, this is like my second home or it's just this safe, comfortable place was going to go away. But you can see um, at campus after campus, if they have a stellar front office staff who have that a customer service in mind and just go above and beyond, the plexiglass is not any sort of barrier at all because they still are there doing their best to make sure everyone feels welcomed. Um, and it really does go a long way and it makes, I think we forget how big of an impact it makes in the long term for our communities and then no, for our students. No, I agree. And in visiting, I probably visited um, 60 to 80% of our schools so far in the last two months. And when you walk in and just being greeted, even before they know who I am or before they see a badge, just how they're greeting anybody that walks in through the door and just that first impression, it, it, it does a lot. And it does soften the plexiglass factor that was done to keep the safe the school safer definitely and i i was a student at Kellis before it was lucky enough to be repainted so it was a cinder block school and while it may not have been the most beautiful campus there were just so many things that made it feel comfortable and it made it feel for me as a student like a safe spot to come and get my education every day and it were or it was those people who just always greeted you with a smile. They, if they did know you always addressed you by your name and that kind of mutual respect and that just energy that kind of flows throughout so many of our campuses is so amazing. Lastly, Kevin, um, before I let you go, can you share some of the safety improvements we're continuing to make on our campuses? I know we've talked about the plexiglass and some of those other things, but what are some of the things that we are doing to make our schools as safe as possible? Well, Sarah, we're constantly making facility side improvements and upgrades. 
Unfortunately, we do not have the budget capacity and financial resources to do all the projects we need to. We have been concentrating on the critical projects that have the largest impact on safety in the learning environment. Some examples of these projects have been working on and some that need to be done are the fire alarm replacements and upgrades, the energy management system replacements, HVAC upgrades, light fixture retrofits, parking lot renovations, flooring replacements and playground surfaces. Keeping all our facilities in the best possible shape and working order and making them safe and welcoming for our students, their families and our staff is a key part of our strategic plan. And as the stewards of these resources, it is non-negotiable that we take care of them so that they last us for decades, just like old Maine at Peoria High School has lasted us. Definitely, and I think one thing too, as we continue to learn more and continue to have more data when we are looking at our facilities, one thing that I'm always so impressed by that Peoria does really well is um, looking to the future to making sure that this decision we make today is not just going to work for today and tomorrow and for next school year, but works for decades. Even when you look at the design of our newest elementary schools, they are designed in a way that are just safer and are just going to continue to meet the needs of our communities for years to come. Kevin, before I let you go, is there anything else you want to share with our community, either about your facilities master planning program or just some of the work that I know your team um, does so tirelessly every day to make sure our campuses look as beautiful and as welcoming as possible? Well, thank you, Sarah. One thing that I just want to make sure that everybody knows that our district has a lot of needs that we do not have the funding capacity and sources to be able to address them over the next few years. We're going to have some tough decisions and choices to make. We continue to have population and enrollment growth in the north and half of our district and half of the district, sorry. We continue to have population and enrollment growth in the north half of the district, which has forced us to close open enrollment in three of the north schools. In the central part of the district, the governing board has directed us to continue to evaluate the potential of repurposing three schools. We are relying heavily on our data and the analysis provided to us by demographers to guide us as we make decisions that will impact our communities and students. We must make sure that as stewards of our community resources, that every decision that we make and project that we fund is aligned with our strategic plan and that we are prioritizing our critical needs projects over everything else as much as possible. These decisions can only be made by making sure we have the correct data and, cannot, and that we can analyze it correctly. We must have the right tools and a modern workforce that knows not only how to interpret the data, but how to act on it. Clear and transparent communication with our community and getting feedback direction and getting them updates will continue to be a priority. Definitely, and I think um, when you talk about just all of the things we're having to do, whether it's considering to add another school or potentially repurpose others, it's knowing that every decision we make is not made hastily it is those data-driven decisions and it is based on feedback from our community and so many other things um, if anyone from our community is interested in learning more about our facilities or our strategic plan you can always head over to peoriaunified.org 
While maintaining each site comes with its own challenges and nuance, it is important to recognize that the dedication of preserving Peoria Unified's facilities is steadfast. We recognize that our schools are so often the cornerstone of a community and we do not take that responsibility lightly. If you'd like to learn more about this work or any of our facilities, you can go to peoriaunified.org slash strategic plan.